morning. Okay, we'll go from there. Um, I'm really nervous this morning, so let's, uh, let's start with a prayer here, maybe um, calm my nerves a little bit. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we just thank you for this time to be in your house, Lord. And we just, Lord, we just trust in your word, Lord, and the truth that you give us, Lord. Lord, help me to speak wisdom, make it be truthful, Lord, the things that you've prepared through me this morning, Lord, in your word, Lord, again. And Lord, as, I just want to take a moment, Lord, and just lift up George Dawson to you, Lord, as, as he's struggling with his health, health this morning, Lord. And we just lift your servant to you, Lord, and Lord, just give him peace. Lord, help him not to be suffering, Lord, and we just pray for that this morning, Lord. Again, and we just thank you for that. We can come to your house, Lord, Lord, and praise you, Lord. You are an awesome God, Lord. Just then we pray, amen. So we're going to be in 1 Peter today. As we all know, it's our series. On, and I'm going to go through chapter 3, verses 8 through 17. Hear God's word. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and the ears are attentive to their, to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give you the reason for your hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keep in a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. These are the words of the Lord. So today, I'm, I'm changing things up a little bit. I, you know, I always come to you with three points, and today I have two points. <laughs> Christian characteristics is the first part uh, of, of the sermon, probably the majority part of the, of, of, of the sermon this morning. And then the last one comes from verse 15. Prepare to give the reason for your hope. Prepare to give the reason for your hope. In our preaching lab, you know, since I took all the time up Adrian gave us with the preaching lab for five years, you know, one of the things that he told us was is that, that don't have too much in your text. And so when I was putting all this together, uh, I had way too much stuff, way too much. And, uh, and, and notice Ross isn't here. I can walk all I want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and, and it was, it was great because I was really struggling when the preaching lab came together and I'm like, I, I just have too much. And they just said, okay, remember, just cut it down, 
cut it down. And, and actually, Andrew came in late because uh, do, doing karate, I don't think he was actually doing karate. I think it was one of the kids. And he came in late and he said the same thing. Hey, my sermon, I got to cut it down. Hey, we're, yes. Okay. The Holy Spirit is working. Yes, we are cutting it down so that, it, that, so that we have the right amount of stuff for, for that Sunday morning. So thank you, Sermon Lab people. You know, another thing that we picked up with our Sermon Lab is, it was from Mr. Plantiga. It said, you know, pick out questions that are in your text that the people that you're talking to may have those same questions. And so I'm trying that this morning. I picked out a couple of questions. I had a few more, of course, but some of them got to go away because I, I, cut, the, I cut the text in half of what I'm going to talk about this morning. Um, so I'm going to answer a couple of questions that I had and, and then maybe you had as we read our text this morning. And this morning, you're going to get the teacher side of me because, you know, I, I love the fact I've seen everybody down here on the floor. This is more like teaching instead of up there. And I'm, I'm always afraid I'm going to fall off of that thing when I walk around. So I'm down here. I can walk around just like I might be in a classroom and, 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 and see you. And one of the things that I would do if I was in a classroom is I would have said, hey, I want you guys to take like-mindedness. Tell me what you think like-mindedness is. And I want you guys to take evil. Don't repay evil for evil, okay? You're going to tell us what that means. And you guys in the back, you know, you're going to take this part of the text today. And, but I didn't plan ahead enough to give us time to do that. But, but as, I was, as I was going through this yesterday, I'm like, man, I should have done that. That would have been something that we could have done. But again, it would have taken a lot of planning. And of course, it would have taken more time to get that done. You know, one of the things, too, is I, as, as I've been preaching enough for, for a while with, with Adrian and, and now, you know, every six weeks, you know, one of the things that has come out is that I'm an encourager. And, and it's, it's kind of what I've done through teaching and coaching. And one of the spiritual gifts that, that we took as a test said, you know, I'm evangelist. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but it came out with that. And so you're going to see those things from me today. I'm going to encourage you as Christians following Christ to live these Christian characteristics and you might hear me say that Jesus died for your sins. And he is the only way that you're going to get to heaven is through Christ because he died for your sins. You'll probably hear me say that today. All right? And that is just who God, that is the gifts that God has given me. And I appreciate that. And so I need to make sure that I am using them. Now, there are two questions that I came up with today. And I want to answer those first before I get into the Christian living part of it. Oh, one other thing that I wanted to say is that as a good teacher, any good teacher, right? Any good teacher, we're going to go back to those previous lessons. Because this stuff that I'm teaching today, as I was going through it the other day, I'm like, I've already preached on this. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay? In 1 Peter, you know, three months ago when I was on 1 Peter, I, I, I had a very similar lesson, a very similar sermon. And so I'm going to refer back to some of those. I'll refer back to other people's sermons that, that they did. And again... So you're going to get the teacher side of me going through some of this today. First question I, that I had as I read this is it says we're going to be blessed. In my mind, I'm like, okay, is that going to be the heavenly blessing that we have because we've accepted Jesus and we've asked him into our hearts, we've repented of our sins, and he is the way that we get to heaven? Is that where our blessing is going to come from? And I found in Matthew 5, verses 11 and 12, it said, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And that fits very good with our text today about being persecuted because of living for Christ. And so we, it says it's going to be a heavenly reward. 
Well, actually, today I'm not going to talk about the suffering that we have and being persecuted for Christ. But if I was, that would fit right in there, right? It says the blessing will be in heaven. But then I jumped over to Matthew 6, verse 33. All good things come from God, and he promises to bless us with everything we need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So it's an earthly blessing. And that's kind of where I'm going today with, with, my, with the text that I've chosen to, to cover today is those Christian characteristics in those first few verses. And if we live righteously, you know, and I talked about this in 1 Peter, you know, if, if we have that holy living, if we're trying to do the right things and we're living holy, our hope is in God and he will bless us here on earth. But this is why we have the preaching lab for people like me that didn't go to seminary, is all these wise people come in on a, on a Google Meet and they say, Vern, it might be a third option. It might be a third option that you didn't even think about. Maybe it is a spiritual blessing. Maybe it's a spiritual blessing. And then I have a daughter who happens to be going to Moody. And so these theological students are much smarter than their father. And, and she's like, I just preached on this, Dad. Dad, you're missing something. It's a spiritual blessing. It's a spiritual blessing that they're talking about right here. And Mr. Clowney said this too. He said, our blessings here on earth are, and, oh, sorry, Mr. Clowney is the book that we're reading on, on, in 1 Peter. It's the message of 1 Peter by Mr. Clowney. He says, our blessings here on earth are little glimpses of the kingdom, such as seeing good in a broken world, having an abundance, healings, mercy, justice, and peace. But our blessing maybe is a spiritual blessing. Maybe it is our confidence that we have in Christ when we live out these Christian characteristics. It is the blessing we get by growing closer to God and working for God, for the kingdom of God. The closer we can get to our Heavenly Father, I believe, the more He's going to bless us spiritually. And maybe that blessing comes from us being servants of our Lord and serving other people. You know, he says, he says, love your Father, love God, and love your neighbors. We need to serve our Lord, and we need to serve our neighbors. And we will find joy in doing that. I think we all find this true, right? Whenever we serve other people, we probably get more joy out of that than the people that we are actually serving. God blesses us in that way. So let's take a look at the Christian characteristics for our life. You know, as I said, the holy living, the holy living that I talked about three months ago, okay? Now, when I look at that, my question that I think I even had back then was, is this talk about works, or is this just about us doing what is right? And uh, Dave gave me some good advice on this, too, when I was going through this, and, and this comes from Ephesians 2, verse 8. It is by the grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not from yourself. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one boasts. For all of God's, we are all God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepares in advance for us to do. So it's not about works. It's not about works. Okay, the only way that we can get to heaven is through Jesus. It is a gift from God. So we live out these Christian characteristics that Peter's talking about in obedience of our Father. 
Okay, again, you've heard me say this once before, but this is about respect for our Father, and it's an expectation our Father has for us to live in a holy, living way, right? Okay, and we get joy in working for the kingdom of God, and it pleases Him, just like if it was an earthly father, we do what's right to please our earthly father, where we're pleasing our heavenly father by living out these Christian characteristics. And in doing so, we grow in our relationship with our father, which is what he wants. He wants us to grow in our relationship with our Father. And in doing so, we find joy. God's grace is already given to us. It's not about our works. It's given to us. Okay? And it is, by, it is by faith that we are saved, not by works. So those are the two questions I, that I wanted to answer before I got into the Christian characteristics. So chapter 3, okay, verses 8 is where I'll start. There are five Christian characteristics in verse 8. Like-minded, sympathetic, brotherly love, compassion, humility, pay back evil with good, keep your tongues from evil and our lips from deceitful speech. Turn from evil and do good and seek peace. And there might have been a tenth one in there that said, do not fear when you're persecuted, but since I'm not covering that, we didn't add that one to this Christian living. All right. So there's nine. Now, all nine of these things work together, okay? And again, as a coach, you know, I always do this. You know, the team all does their own little thing, but it all has to come together for it to work efficiently. It all has to come together for it to work efficiently. Now, our goal here with this Christian living, all it's going to point to verse 15, so our goal is that we live in such a way that we are witness to others and they ask us about why we have our hope. Where does our hope come from? So we need to use these Christian characteristics to live in such a way that glorifies God, that it shows the love of God and that, that we, He is our hope. So we need to be a light in the darkness. We need to be a light in the darkness. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light in the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, so it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in the same way, we heard that last week, right? In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So the light isn't about us. You know, they, they may see that we have hope, and, and, and they want to know why we have hope, and our hope is in our Heavenly Father. We are not lifting ourselves up. We're lifting up our Heavenly Father. So I need to go through these nine things relatively quickly, and that's why it probably would have been better to break it all up and let you guys all find that out for yourself and then come together and explain that to, to all of us. So I'm going to try to take two minutes or less on each one of these. Now, like-minded, this the very first sermon that I had once Adrian went to Canada, which I talked about this, and I think it was Philippians 2. As Christians, we need to be like-minded. We need to be like-minded. We don't have to see eye-to-eye on everything, but we need to be like-minded. We have one purpose, right? As a, as a family of God, as a church body, we all have a role to play for that body to function. And so we need to be like-minded, and we need to serve our Lord the best we can as we come together. And the, the definition said similar opinions... And then as I looked up the Christian definition, it said, like-minded Christians are a common understanding of teaching the love of Christ. 
And again, I like to see it as New Life Church as we come together as a body and we all work together, overcoming any differences that we may have, okay, that we are like-minded. Sympathetic. Now, again, I don't want to use, one of the things said sympathy, you have to have the sympathy for others. That doesn't make sense. You can't use sympathy and sympathetic, right? I mean, that's, any good teacher knows that, okay? So it says we need to show care and understanding for others. We need to show care and understanding for others. And I think it means we need to have a loving heart, not to judge. Now, Wednesday at the, at the men's Bible study, they, you know, they, were, they weren't really talking about sympathetic, but they were, they were talking about this, and I thought, well, that fits really well right here. We need to have a loving heart that does not judge others. We don't know where they are in their walk. We do not know what their do, other people are doing in their life at that moment in time, and so we need to make sure that we are slow to judge. We need to make sure we're not criticizing. We need to listen. We need to listen to other people so that we can be sympathetic. And, and I like the word empathy so that you, you, you put yourself kind of where they're coming from. If you, can, if you can listen long enough to know what they're going through and have that care for them and that sympathy for them. And then brotherly love. Now, Mr. again, reading that book by Mr. Clowney. And Mr. Clowney said, this is a Christian idea that we love one another, that we will have differences of opinions, uh, with other denominations, we will have difference of opinions, maybe even inside your own denomination. But he said, this is a, this is a Christian idea. But, but I think the military has this figured out too. Some of you have served the military, right? Okay, so you guys will have a better understanding than what I do on this. But what I, what I get from the people that are in the military, this fits right in with them too. Because this is the people that they count on when they are in another country. The only people that they can count on, that they can trust are the people that they've trained with and the people that are there with them at that moment in time. And what a love they have for each other and what a trust they have for each other and they care for each other in such a way that they will do what it takes to keep each other safe. As brothers and sisters in Christ, this needs to be us as well. We need to take care of other brothers and sisters and love them, even though we may have some differences. You know, I know, I know some of the times in my life when, when another brother or sister does something that, that hurts and it, it's even worse than if it wasn't a believer that does something to you. It just seems like it's so much worse because we are on the same boat. We're all working for the kingdom of God. We want to love one another. That's one of the commandments, right? I mean, one of the commands that they give us, love, your, love our God, our Father, and love our neighbors. Love one another. And we have that brotherly love that needs to come out with other Christians in our church, in our community, and all over the world. The fourth one is compassion. Now, the definition is be kind, concerned for the suffering or the misfortunes of others. I think Christian compassion, in fact, when I looked it up, Christian compassion also means we need to forgive others. We have all sinned, right? We have all sinned, and, and we go back to that brotherly love. Somebody's going to hurt us, but we need to forgive them, right? We need to forgive them, just as Christ. Now, Christ is our example in all these things, right? But the, but the compassion that Christ has for us is amazing. You know, we look at the cross. Just a few weeks ago, we, we celebrated Easter that he arose. Well, on Good Friday, he, was, he took our sin. A sinless man took our sin. So much compassion for me that he died. He suffered on a cross for my sin. And that is such compassion, you know, to give one's life for another. What compassion that is for another person. person. So we need to have compassion for people. 
Humility is the fifth one. And the definition is gentle, non-prideful. And Christians, it means we need to have that servant's heart. We need to be able to serve other people when the opportunity arises. In 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6, which I think is going to be my next sermon. I'm not sure, but I think so. Okay? It says, clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. In Luke 22, 26, it says, for, for who is the greatest among you should be the lowest rank and the leader should be the servant. Again, God is, Jesus is our example, right? He washed the feet of his disciples. He washed the feet of the disciples. And that should be a servant's job, right? Not, not the Messiah, not the Messiah, but he served others. He put himself in the lowest position possible so that, so that he could serve other people. And he is our example. So we need to have humility. And he said, do not be prideful. And then as we move on, we get out of, of verse 8. It says, uh, so we, in verse 9, it says, pay back evil with good and insults with blessings. But that is not a worldly view, is it? Okay, this is definitely a, Christ, a Christian viewpoint here. Because the world's going to say, if somebody does something wrong to you, they do evil to you, you better get even. You need to have revenge because, yeah, you can't let that go. And if they insult you, make sure you get the last word. You insult them right back and you get the last word. Well, that's not a Christian viewpoint. The Christians, we have to be able to not want that revenge. We need to be able to not throw back insults. So again, we need to be slow. We need to be slow to anger on that, okay? And in Matthew 5, it says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I think before that too, it's talking about, and it's, you know, we, it's easy to love the people that love you. You know, it's easy to do good for the people around you that, that love you. But how about your enemies? Love your enemies and pray for them to, who persecute you. And you think about Acts 7, um, the very end of the chapter of Acts 7, when Stephen is being stoned. What does Stephen do? He prays for the people that are stoning him. Do not hold the sin against them, Lord. He's praying for them. And who's one of those people that's stoning? Stephen? Yes. Good. See, this is like class. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Paul. Now, his name was Saul at the time. God hasn't, hadn't gotten a hold of him yet. But what a great man Paul became. And Stephen prayed for him whenever Saul was doing evil to him. Great example from Stephen. I don't think I want to be stoned. Uh, um, but Stephen, a man of God, okay, praying for those that, that persecuted him. And Romans 12, it says, don't take revenge. Leave room for God's wrath. God will take care of all that stuff. There will be a judgment time that God will take care of all that. The seventh thing is keep your tongues from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Keep your tongues from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. So very easy definition is that don't gossip. Don't be slanderous. Don't lie. Our words, you know, again, I have a lot of time now at home, just myself and my computer and my dogs, and, and so I got the radio on. That new song that comes out all the, right now, the, the Mean Girls, 
I mean, it, it doesn't talk about slanders, but it just talks about how your words can have such an effect on people. Just think about your testimony here. Now, we're living these Christian characteristics. And if our words are bad, if we are cutting people down, if we are lying, if we are slanderous, it hurts our testimony. It hurts our testimony. But on the other side, if you are lifting up and you're taking and you're saying good things about people, what a, what a positive thing that can be for your testimony. Watch your words. Watch your words. We need to make sure our words are loving and kind. If somebody were to hear me when I'm coaching, do they know I am a Christian by the words that come out of my mouth? And I would sure hope so. When you're at work, do people know you're a Christian because of the words that come out, your, out of your mouth? You don't have to be preaching to them. Are your words loving and kind? And make sure, and this is so hard in our world, make sure we're not gossiping. Make sure we're not gossiping. The eighth point, turn from evil and do good. Turn from evil and do good. We all sin, right? We all know this, right? We all sin. And again, I've had a sermon on this not too long ago. What do we do? We stop and we take out the garbage. Turn back to God. Repent. When I'm going down the wrong way and I have sinned, I've got to stop. I need to recognize that. I need to stop. I need to turn from evil and do good. I need to repent. And somebody, I think it was the book we were reading on Wednesday nights, talked about, there was a, there was a situation where a guy, you know, a, a Christian later in, in, in life, and, and people that were, became Christians later in life, you probably understand this better than I do. But you're still with your friends, right? You still have the same friends. And they still want to do the same things. And so you may find yourself in a situation that's not going to end up well. You need to turn from that and to do good. And what a witness that would be to those friends that you have if you are able to do that. That what, I mean, it takes willpower. It takes the Holy Spirit. I, I, I love the songs that we all sing today, talked about the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, the, I mean we, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us through situations like this. Turn from evil and do good. Go back to that holy living idea. To go back to those Christian characteristics. Okay. And the last thing says, seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace. Weird fact that I just, I don't know why I found it, but it says peace is on there in the Bible 400 times. In Colossians 3.15, it says, to have true peace, true happiness, we must believe Jesus and follow him. We can then draw on peace through prayer and meditation on his word. We can then draw on peace through prayer and meditation on his word. If we are seeking, we are pursuing peace, our advice here is that we need to be in his word, meditate on his word. We need to be talking to our father continually. It says morning, noon, and night. Find time for that prayer because that is your relationship with your heavenly father. And we need to find time to be in that prayer so that we will be at peace. The more we can do these things, the more peace that I think that we will have. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, only through Jesus can we find peace. Peace that goes beyond understanding. And Jesus oftentimes referred to as the Prince of Peace. Jesus is our way to find the peace. In communication with our Holy Father, and being the word, the truth, the wisdom that comes out of his word. So those are the nine characteristics that, that, that we have in those first few verses of, of this text today. 
And then we jump to verse 12. It says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are hearing our prayers. So as we live out these Christian characteristics out of love for our Father, out of respect for Him, our gracious Heavenly Father hears our prayers and blesses us. Now, I don't want to imply that He doesn't hear the prayers of someone that needs Him at that moment, and maybe they're not living those Christian characteristics. That's not what it says. It does say that He hears our prayers. If you think about the relationship that you have with someone, you're more apt to hear them and understand them if you have a very good relationship than somebody that you just meet. And so the blessing that we get is that our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, is in, we are in tune with Him, and He hears our prayers. Sarah's sermon last week, in the same way, uh, you know, husbands, treat your wife. In the same way, wives, treat your husband. You know, it was unfair with the six and the one, and it really six and a half of one verse there in verse seven that talked about men. But it, it says in the same way, we are to treat each other in these ways. In the same way. And the last part of that verse 7, and in doing, so, in doing so, the gracious gift of life is that nothing hinders our prayers. So, the, you know, verse 7 fits, of course, it's right, the verse right before mine, right? So it fits right in with this, okay? The more that we can, that we can be in tune with Christ, and the more that we can be in our spiritual walk to draw that closeness to God, which is what we want, right? We want to get closer to God no matter where we're at right now. Our goal is to get better, is to get closer to God and to live for him in a better way, no matter where we're at right now. That is our goal all the time. And we are blessed. And this is one of the things that I absolutely love. We are blessed with the Holy Spirit. In the first song today, we talked about the Holy Spirit. In this, in the, in this scripture reading that Kate did, talked about the Holy Spirit. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us through all this stuff. Oh, we can live a blessed life with a purpose life because we are in his word. We have the Holy Spirit. We have good family and friends that we can lean on. We are blessed. We are blessed. Now, in the way we live is a witness to the people so that they will ask us about our hope. We need to live these characteristics as best we can. So live them well so people will come to us in verse 15, so we, people will come to us and ask us our hope. Tony was, was talking to me yesterday as I was, I, was, I was reading through all this stuff. She says, you know, verse 15 was my father's, one of his favorite verses in the Bible. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize that. Okay? Um, Sonny's dad passed away a few years back, and, and again, but, but man, he was, he was a man of God. He was one of those that was willing to go out and, and go to a corner and pass out Bibles. He was able to tell people why he had hope, and he even went beyond them coming to him. He would go to them and tell them why he had hope in his life. So in verse 15, it says, we need to be prepared to tell others about our hope. We have hope because of Jesus. We have hope because of Jesus. It says to revere Christ in our heart. Revere means to honor, to respect, a tenderness of feeling, and to adore. We need to adore Christ in our hearts. We need to proclaim Christ with confidence, that Jesus is Lord and he is our hope. Many times we put our hope in things that are not Christ, don't we? Many times we put our hope in our career, 
You know, looking back at my life, I'm, I, I get angry with myself that I put my career up here. And of course it failed me, right? Of course it failed me. I remember one time Brian Rushi was preaching, and again, this is years ago, but it just sticks with me. Your career does not define who you are. You are a child of God. Our hope is in God. I am a Christian. Okay? I am a Christ follower. My career is not who I am. Sometimes we put our hope in money, right? We have to have money. You know, we want to provide for our family. We want nice things. We want a place to live. I mean, we need money, right? But that is not where our hope is. And the worldview says that we need more of it. No matter where you're at, you need more money, right? Well, that's not what the Bible says. It is not about money. Too often times, too, we put one person up here. We put one person up here, and that's not fair to that person. And we say, our hope is in this person right here. And as long as everything's going well, everything seems well, but then that, what's going to happen to that person, right? He, he, you can't stay up there. You're going to get knocked off the pedestal. Do not put your hope in a person. And in 2020, 2021, right? And I've been guilty of saying this. Ha, I'm just hoping we get back to a normal life. We can't put our hope in that. Okay, that's not our hope. Now, we may want that. I want that. Okay? But that's not where our hope is. Our hope is in Christ. And the relationship, last one, the relationships. We cannot put our hope in our earthly relationships. Right? We all know that. That fails us every time because we, we are just people. We are all sinners. We're going to disappoint people. So we cannot put okay, our hope in people. When people ask us why we have our hope, we have the Holy Spirit to help us. We've talked about this several times here. And in Acts 5, 32, it says, the Holy Spirit is given to those who believe in him. Kate referred to that earlier. And in Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So when people come to us, and I know some of you are scared to death, if somebody comes to you and wants you to talk to them, okay, to preach to them, but it's not really preaching, but to talk to them, that scares you. But understand, when the, the whole idea of this verse is that people are coming to you because they see how you live. And so when you talk to them, do it with gentleness and respect. With gentleness and respect. And it can just be a conversation. Lauren calls this a person of peace. When a person of peace comes to you and say, why do you live the way you do? I, I, I just, you always have hope, even when things aren't good. Why do you live that way? Be ready to give them the reason for this hope. So the teacher and me now, I'm not going to give you homework, but I am going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you on this Sunday morning. I don't know what the date is, whatever the day is. Okay. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on this day to practice. Practice giving the reason you have hope. It's the co I guess it's the coach in me. Because if you don't practice it, it's not going to happen. If you don't practice it, it won't happen. You have to practice this to make it happen. Someone you love, spouse, the person sitting to your left or to your right, whatever it might be, the friend, okay, brother and sister in Christ, a child, a parent, whatever it is. You find someone that you feel safe with and you practice you practice sharing the hope that you have 
in Jesus. But maybe it's the hope you've seen this week in your life. Maybe it's your full testimony. Maybe it's your God story. Tell us how you became a Christian and why you have that hope. You have, come up with something. How you've seen God this week, this month in your life. And that's why you have your hope. Again, always do this with gentleness and kindness. And out of respect, we need to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. God is not asking us again to do this, okay, by going out and, and, and preaching that, that if you don't go our way, that you're going to go straight to hell and do not pass go. No, people are coming to you and asking you why you have hope. In verse 15, be prepared to give them the reason why. And so again, your homework or your challenge this week is that you practice that. Now, we need to live our life with the Christian characteristics so people will, answer, will ask this question. So live it, proclaim it, that Christ is Lord. Amen. Let me pray real quick. Dear Father, Lord, again, we, uh, we just thank you for the opportunity that we can come together, two or three together, in your name, Lord, so that uh, we know that you are with us. We know that you are with us, Lord. Lord, we just pray that... Uh, that you would help us with our walk with you, Lord. We know that we are not perfect and we will never be perfect, Lord. Just help us with our walk so that we may go closer to you, that we would have time to be in your word, that we would make time, Lord, to talk to you, to have that relationship with you every day as much as we can, Lord. And again, Lord, we thank you for blessing us. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We have hope. We have 